Welcome to Bible Believers Fellowship and the ministry of BBFOhio.com. I'm Pastor Greg, and I welcome you to our current events update and then our study in Acts chapter 13, verse 48, titled, Ordained to Eternal Life. The conclusion of this two-part message can be found at BBFOhio.com. As we now begin, this is part one of two. The current events update. And as we will do until it's over, the war in Israel, that is today's date, correct? February 11th. And I believe it's day 128 uh, since the October 7th attacks that began it all. And the Biden administration uh, showing signs of turning against Israel, which will not bid well for our nation. Um, They are saying that they will not back expanded IDF operations in Rafah. And um, it says, the, the headline there on i24news.com, unlike previous conflicts where civilians were urged to seek refuge in southern Gaza, the current situation leaves residents with nowhere to flee. That's because Hamas is hiding among the people. And the only way to get them is to go through the people. And we'll repeat, all they have to do is give up the hostages, and they won't. So all the people you're watching on television and radio and you're hearing them cry about how Israel is so terrible, ask them why they never mentioned those hostages. Yeah. It's now reported that the deceased of the 136 hostages is now as high as 50. And of course, Hamas is trying to claim that Israel killed them by, with their attacks. Um, that won't be known for years. There'll be investigations, eyewitness testimony, and other things. But with the uh, Rafah invasion looming as of last night, then you had a growing number of nations uh, condemning Israel and turning against them, in addition to the Biden administration. Saudi Arabia warns Israel of very serious repercussions if they go through with the Rafah invasion, and they are, they're going through with it. And uh, Saudi Arabia says a planned Israeli ground invasion of Rafah will cause a humanitarian disaster. Called for immediate ceasefire. They didn't call for an immediate release of the hostages. Egypt warns Israel the Rafah Offensive may lead to suspension of their peace treaty with Israel. In other words, that's a threat of war with Egypt. Um, And so when you look at the map, it's expanding. The number of question marks has now expanded as the number of actual fighting and locations of battles going on has expanded. And right now, that is as inflamed as that region has been since the uh, Yom Kippur War. And that was when I was a little baby. I was probably, I don't know, I might have been, I think it was three. Yeah. So uh, when you pray, just have that image in your mind there of what the map looks like and pray that if this is going to blow up, we, we hope and pray it's Gog Magog War. If it's just another war, you know, 
then uh, biblically it's, it's not going to result in anything that we would hope for. But and you hear people always saying, you fundamentalists, you're always trying to start the World War III and get the apocalypse going. And like, we're not trying to start anything. We're just observers. And we're, you know, like kind of cheering it on. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we're not doing anything to instigate it. As a matter of fact, we're kind of self-defeating, you know. Well, the things we support in reality would stop it from happening. But we know it's going to happen. We know God's told us to do what we're doing, but we know it's going to happen, you know. So, that leads us to a second uh, current events update, and that is what I would call presidential incompetence. Some of you have seen some of this over the last few days. Um, and there was a uh, special counsel to uh, research or investigate Joe Biden's uh, illegal use, illegal possession of... Uh, top secret documents and they basically said he's guilty but he's a senile old man so we're not going to charge him I don't know if they called her senile I mean but with him they called they literally said that about him that he was a uh, nice old man is one of the words they used for him but that he uh, just mentally was not competent for trial can you imagine that? But he's okay to be president? And Obama's White House doctor, so he's not like a you know, member of the GOP or anything, uh, he said that special counsel report shows Biden getting worse by the day. So that's what we're dealing with there. Beer brewed here. It is used to make the brew beer during this. This is not edited. My memory is fine. The president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate. He meant say Solid meeting with, um, with uh, the, uh, the Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, Elderly man with a poor memory. I said, I'm going to be a president for everybody who's living in a red state or a green state. I, uh, um, Anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Of Putin's kleptocracy. dollars let. America is a nation That's that can favorite. be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in uh, foot, foot. Uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? One, two. A well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Be, um... That's reality, man. That's how he's really functioning or lack thereof. He referred to the... Uh, president of Egypt as the president of Mexico and as though Gaza is on the border with Mexico and then Mitterrand in Fran France has been dead for years he, so he's talking to dead people over there in France evidently and more Democrats are sounding the alarm about senile Joe this is uh, I refer to him as an old lady named James Carville 
Um, and he says Biden is uh, Biden skipping the Super Bowl interview as a sign. No other way to read this. Uh, for years, the president has done an interview and they'd show it before the Super Bowl, which I always thought was stupid. But for the president, it's kind of a thing, you know. You, and for I guess two years in a row, Joe hasn't done it. And uh, people are rightfully saying he's incompetent. Is what the word is. It's incompetence. Even CNN had to come down on Mr. Biden. This is this is not edited. This is actual a report by CNN. While one thing that President Biden said is basically that he stored the documents in filing cabinets that could be locked. Let's listen. All the stuff that was in my home was in filing cabinets that were either locked or able to be locked. Daniel? Just just not true, John. Uh, this report from the special counsel includes photos. Those photos include shots of a box uh, just sitting in President Biden's Delaware garage. The special counsel described it as a badly damaged box sitting amid household detritus. So there was some material that was in cabinets uh, locked or lockable, as the president said, but all of it certainly not. And that open, unsealed, damaged box included, according to the special counsel, highly sensitive, top secret material about the war in Afghanistan. Okay, another claim that President Biden made, none of the documents were highly classified. Let's listen. None of it was high classified. Didn't have any of that red stuff on it. You know what I mean? Around the corners? None of that. Daniel? That claim that he didn't have any material that was quote-unquote high classified is also not true, John. This special counsel's report says that the president possessed multiple highly classified documents that were indeed marked as being highly classified documents, including some marked as top secret slash SCI, sensitive compartmented information. That is a very high level of classification. For example, special counsel Her uh, discussed two top secret documents about Afghanistan found in that open, unsealed damage box in the garage, one of which Her said contains highly sensitive info about military programs and another that contains info about sensitive intelligence and sources and methods. Now, it's not clear, John, if any of those Biden documents had those colored borders we saw on classified docs that former President Trump had, which I think is what President Biden was referring to uh, when he talked about red around the corners. But still, whatever coloring these documents had, the special counsel says they were clearly marked as highly classified. And then I should add, her also said that investigators' analysis of Biden's own handwritten notes from his time as vice president showed that these notebooks also contained highly classified info, though those were not marked. And her said a sampling of 37 excerpts found that, quote, eight are top secret with sensitive compartmented information, seven of which include information concerning human intelligence sources, plus six others that were top secret. But there's more. Uh, and then the third claim that he made, Daniel, there was that he did not share classified information with a ghostwriter on a book he was working on. Listen to that. I did not share classified information. I did not share it. With your ghostwriter? With my ghostwriter, I did not. Guarantee you did not. But the what special the, counsel said in the middle, he did not say that. Okay, he did not say that. So he's entitled to say he didn't do it, he can defend himself, but he also said the special counsel didn't say that he did share that classified info with the ghostwriter. 
Except, John, the special counsel did say that explicitly. Her wrote, quote, Mr. Biden shared information, including some classified information from those notebooks with his ghostwriter. So there it is in black and white. Now, her did elaborate that Biden shared classified info with the ghostwriter uh, by reading nearly verbatim from the notebooks on at least three occasions, including notes from meetings in the Situation Room. He did find that Biden, quote, at times tried to avoid sharing classified info, like by skipping over certain material as he was reading them to the ghostwriter. And her did write that the evidence does not show that Biden knew the info was classified. Nonetheless, even though the special counsel did clearly give him some material to defend himself with, this is not a factual defense. So he could cite the factual stuff, you know, her said, didn't know it was intentional, etc. But declaring the special counsel just did not say what he said, John, is not a factual defense. Important to note, Daniel Dale, always great to have you. Thanks so much. Now, why is this important? Well, I don't know if some of you old enough to have been around for a while and listened to prophecy teachers discuss the conditions that will exist at the time of the Antichrist. And it was just a kind of a guesstimate, but a lot of people have said for years, that's the kind of president that would be in power to enable the Antichrist to suck America into the beast system, is to have that kind of guy as your president. And I have to warn you though, there's a lot of talk about uh, using the 25th Amendment to remove him from office, but be careful what you wish for. Today is today. And yesterday was today yesterday. Tomorrow will be today tomorrow. So live today. So the future today will be as the past today as it is tomorrow. Now you can thank me because there was actually another video that went on for like three or four minutes like that. <laughs> the Babylon Bee had the most truthful headline. Kamala Harris found mentally unfit to replace Biden. <laughs> so um, I think the best scenario is for the election to take place and for Biden not to win. Uh, that'd be the best scenario. So Acts 13:48, speaking of ordained, the title "Ordained to Eternal Life." We're just going to look at that. If you were with us in our last study, uh, we went through the whole chapter, and I mentioned I want to come back and talk about this. For lack of time, we didn't do it in the last study. And we want to visit this matter of those ordained to eternal life because it's a much abused and much misunderstood phrase. And it's not just something, you know, like a, on a whim that we're going to talk about here. I know people who have wasted, I mean, wasted huge amounts of their life because of this debate over this issue. And... I'm not exaggerating to you. I know people who basically quit ministry and went and sat down and started reading and reading and debating and discussing, and they did it for years over this thing. And uh, then there's some people who, because they came to the wrong conclusion, decided they didn't need to preach the gospel anymore. <laughs> and we'll talk about that as we continue. So that's what's at stake here with this verse. In verse 48, read that with me. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. 
and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Amen? So many Christians, as I said, have wasted untold hours wrangling over texts like this one, and we will address this with the desire to keep you from falling into that same pit. <laughs> and uh, we're going to look closely at these words, specific words used by Paul, and as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. So what's that? First of all, the word ordained. What's that mean? Well, the word itself simply means appointed. It's the same uh, word for appointed, and it used to be used a lot more often. And then as time, I think because of this debate, because this word was kind of identified with a certain view where God has chosen certain people to salvation and let the rest just go to hell, um, it's... Augustinian Calvinism, uh, predestinarians they like to call themselves, and because of that then this word ordained was one that kind of people kind of shied away from using because it carried with it that connection. You'll find words in our language like that, uh, certain words that kind of like we used to talk about being filled with the Spirit and people get away from that because it's so abused by the charismatics and people like that. It's biblical terminology. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. That's Bible teaching. And the word ordained is a very good word, biblical word. So how does God settle this matter of sinners being ordained to eternal life? Well, I want to start with a very clear passage on it. Romans chapter 8, verses 29 and 30. And I want to tell you right off the bat. You can either just read and believe what it says, or you can argue with the text. And that's the difference between what I believe is a consistent, genuine Bible believer and others who are Christians. I'm not saying they're not saved, but a Bible believer just wants to know what does the text say, that settles it. I've said this many times over the years, so some of you heard it before, but you see these bumper stickers and it says, God said it. I believe it, that settles it. No, that's, that's, take out that middle, it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. God said it, that settles it, now believe it. That's the way my bumper sticker, I don't have room for another one. But if I, but if I added one, that's what it would say. So over Romans 8, 29, 30, look at that. Read uh, both verses, just read it with me. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Amen? Now, the one argument against believing what you read there is to say, well, that doesn't, it doesn't say that's the order. Yes, it does. If you deny the order, then you can't really understand the rest of the Bible because many things set out in order, that's all the more order you get, and that's how you know it's in that order. It's just people just refuse to accept the Bible the way it's written. For whom he did foreknow. What did he foreknow? Well, first of all, he foreknew everything. And it says, whom, personal. He, 
God did foreknow. So it's personal, people. It's referring to people. Whom? Whoever he foreknew, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. Now, uh, I want to say this. Predestination. I've heard Christians say, I don't believe in predestination. Well, shame on you. <laughs> the Bible teaches predestination. It just it doesn't mean it teaches it the way you may have heard it taught. <laughs> so I don't believe the way they teach predestination. You can say that. But if you don't believe in predestination, you're not a Bible believer because the Bible teaches predestination. What's it say? For whom he did foreknow, he also did what? Predestination. So there's predestination. It's right there. It's in the Bible. It's biblical if it is taught biblically. <laughs> I mean, that sounds so obvious, but it needs to be said. Because so many people throw the baby out with the bathwater. You hear something taught wrong? I don't believe in that at all. No, you just don't believe it wrong. Go back to the Bible and believe it the way the Bible teaches it. So, the Bible says, God predestinated believers to be conformed to the image of His Son. Otherwise, you have to believe that whom He did foreknow includes unbelievers. You see, common sense comes into play when you're reading the Bible. Uh, language is there to convey a message, and you have to pay attention to the context and the intent of the statement. Obviously, he's saying that for whom he did foreknow, he's talking about Christians, believers. And those he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. But it doesn't say he predestinated them to be saved. Look what the text says. He predestinated them to be conformed to the image of His Son. Do you realize God could have foreknown you as a believer, which is obviously who it's talking about here. He didn't have to conform you to the image of His Son. He could have just taken you as you are and said, okay, when you die, you're going to be just as you are now, only I'll get rid of your arthritis and other issues, you know. The back pain, Brother Jason, amen, you know. I don't know about you, but I would have been okay with that. I've been like, yeah, if I could live, be this, you know, uh, but not in pain, not get sick, you know, that kind of thing, I'd, I'd be good with that. But God has gone be beyond that and said that I'm going to take you that I've foreknown will be believers in my Son, and I am going, I have predestinated that you will not only just be saved from hell, you are going to be conformed to the image of my Son. We read about it in Sunday school where right now Jesus is in his glorified state. Hair white like wool, eyes like fire, feet like brass. He's in this glorified state. And you're going to be like that. You're going to have hair even whiter than my wife's. And you're going to have eyes that... you ever seen people that have those blazing blue eyes? You know? You, this is beyond that. You're going to be in glory. You're going to share in His glory. Amen. And that's what you're predestinated to. According to this verse, it doesn't say He predestinated you to be saved. He foreknew you and has predestinated that you as a believer will be conformed to the image of His Son. Now, that question of predestination itself, though, is answered by the question, what did God foreknow? For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate. In the context of this text, what did God foreknow? Well, He foreknew those 
that he is going to save. It doesn't say he chose and chose and, and foreknew them in the sense that he made you be saved. It never says that. So that's kind of a gray area at this point. Let's look over to 1 Peter chapter 1. And 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 2. Peter's writing to Christians that have been scattered. And we're reading about one of the times they were scattered back here in the book of Acts when uh, Jerusalem was uh, persecuted. And then in verse 2, referring to those believers who have been scattered, he describes them. That's what verse 2, the context is. Now read verse 2 with me. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. If you are saved today, you are the elect. The question is, how did you become one of the elect? And the, there's basically two extremes. And, and uh, one extreme is called Calvinism. And that says that you're God in the eternal past just chose you to be saved. You, didn't even, you weren't even a, uh, in existence yet, and you're saved in the mind of God according to that. Well, that's, that's not what the problem The problem is, is on what basis. The basis of that election is there is no real basis. Whereas, then on the other side, the Pelagian and Armenian side of the debate would have you to believe that God didn't have anything to do with it. You, you came to God and God saved you because you decided you wanted to be saved and that sort of thing. And the, the truth is in the biblical center of that debate. And that is that God foreknew and elected those who would believe on His Son.